Hi, I'm Teffer. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today, and every day, to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the indigenous communities of that area. So this week, you might have noticed in the intro, it's just me, but it's not just me, because we have a guest, and that guest is Carter Powell of the Cabot cast, which some of you probably know and love. Uh, If you are somebody who likes YA Lit, but especially likes Meg Cabot and everything she ever wrote... Uh, the Cabot cast is a great place to get all of your Cabot itches scratched. Um, <laughs> Carter <laughs> Carter will personally scratch you. Uh, Carter <laughs> is a bookseller, and <laughs> we've been trying to set up this recording actually for a while. Uh, Carter, I'm really happy that we finally made this happen. Thank you so much for joining us. Me. It's just me. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to be here. I am one of the hosts on the Cabot cast. Um, my co-host Maddie and I started it ugh, two years ago, but time is complicated. A year ago, something like that. But we had to take a fairly long pause because um, my friend Maddie had a lot of health issues come up. Um, but this is secret information that you're getting first. Um, we plan to come <gasps> back. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maddie's um, cancer is all clear. No more cancer. Good. Yes. Yes. We're all excited. Um, And so we are prepping to come back in some form. Um, Whether we will be the Cabot cast or not is still up in the air. Um, Who knows? Um, But (laughs) look forward to that in 2022. So (laughs) that is fantastic news, folks. You heard it here first. Good news all around. So, Carter, you assigned the reading for this week i did (laughs) and this is a book which i had never read before but which is really really something special um do you want to do you want to tell the people about what we read this week yeah so my guess is it's somewhere in the title so you clicked on this episode and kind of have an idea of what it is (laughs) but we read the first book in the vampire academy series by rochelle mead this book had a death grip on my early teen years um (laughs) as in i was obsessed um in fact when i was like 17 I forced my mother to drive me three hours to go and meet Rochelle Mead. So this book is very special to me. Um, I do acknowledge all of the problematic things that we are about to get into that are issues with it. However, I will stand by after reading it again that this book slaps. (laughs) It's such a fun read, but it's so problematic. (laughs) Anyway. What did you think of it? What are your thoughts? 
I have to say that it was wholly unexpected. Like, I had no idea what I was getting into with this book. Not a clue. Like, I, I have seen these, of course, because they were everywhere in the 2000s. This came out in, what, it was a little later than Twilight, right? It's like, it's 2007. So Twilight's 2005. Yeah. And they were everywhere. And for some of that time that they were everywhere, I was a bookseller as well. So I shelved quite a lot of them. But I'd never <laughs> read any of them. This was my first time. And uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot we can get into about it. But it's fascinating. Like, this is a well-thought-out lore. This is a well-built universe. The universe itself, to this day, I don't read as much fantasy as some of the people I surround myself with in terms of like YA friends if that's the term I could use but this fantasy it's I honestly attribute it to the fact that this fantasy set me up for such high expectations when it comes to establishing a world and it's just so well crafted so clear from page one what is going on who the people are what the different types of vampires are um and the entire royal system, the government surrounding it, the elemental pieces. There's so much mm-hmm. little details that are just clearly established, very well written. I love Rochelle Mead. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode over. So this is it's it's the first of about seventy-five Vampire Academy books, right? There are seven Vampire Academy and then a spinoff um, based on a character you meet in book six, five. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Actually, it's a okay. spinoff between two characters. One you meet in book two, one you meet in book five. But it's told from the perspective of the character you meet in book five. The character you meet in book two, quality, lovely human being. Um, and as I was okay. reading the end of it, I was reminded of that Um particular character so (laughs) so I'm gonna give the synopsis because I am the Vampire Academy virgin and I think it will be funniest if I do that so Vampire Academy a series of like 86 books that came out from 2017 to some amount of time after that this is the first Vampire Academy book so it sets the scene uh it focuses around Lissa and Rose Uh, I had so much trouble remembering names because one thing about this book is there are about 70,000 characters in it and all of them have names and all of them have plot points and all of them want to fuck Rose. That's like kind of a significant like thing in the book, which is kind of funny because it actually does nothing to drive the plot forward, but it's like established as extremely important with every character we meet that they either like definitely overtly want to bang Rose or that there's like a whole lot of homoerotic tension and the homoerotic tension in this book is fascinating. You mean there's so much. Lissa and Rose? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
We're going to get there. But I've gotten ahead of myself. I have gotten ahead of myself. So Lissa and Rose are childhood friends. Uh, They are vampires on the run when we meet them from their scary, sexy boarding school. Um, And they are in short order uh, captured and brought back to the scary, sexy boarding school. Um, Lissa and Rose have a, they are two different kinds of vampire. One is the guardian vampire, half vampire, half human. Yes, so dampers okay. or dampiers, I think is how they say it in the movie, which is another topic that we can get into. Um, dampiers <laughs> and then Mori. Mori mm-hmm. are the royal vampires, the full vampires. Yes, yes, which is Lissa. Yes. Yes. So so Rose is Lissa's guardian because she has dirty human blood. Um, they've been doing the very naughty, scandalous thing where Lissa sucks Rose's blood in a totally non-homoerotic gals being pals kind of way. Um, they go back to school. Weird shit starts happening. Rose has a sexy Russian teacher, guardian Tutor. lover. Tutor, there we yeah. go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a mere He's- seven years older than her. 17 um who is training her and at first i thought that they were not going into the sexual tension with that uh but they did because (laughs) as previously stated everybody wants to bang rose anyway um dead animals start showing up they start figuring out that lissa has some special powers rose focuses on her training with the help of dimitri's abs um (laughs) and then you know various shit goes down and royals get involved uh and there's lore i mean we can spoil this book it's been out for fucking ever um (laughs) so that's vampire academy um it really i feel like in around 2007 so like obviously this is riding on the twilight vampire coattails publishing wise but it's not similar to twilight like universe not at all I feel like it's also very Gossip Girl. Like it's it's like yeah. it's like Gossip Girl with vampires. It's like the sexy boarding school books that for some reason were everywhere in this era. Yes. Every everything wonder, was about what if teenagers at boarding school. I wonder what the comps were for when Rochelle pitched this. I'm sure, like, if I did yeah. some deep diving, I could figure it out. I could imagine it being Gossip Girl meets Twilight in this. <laughs> um, so shall we dive right into the sexiness? Because, like, I feel like that is the major component of this book. Yeah, I would love to really fast just go over for the audience um, the different types of vampires because I think that's going to be important to understanding this book yes do you think we should establish the universe before we start gossiping about it quick lore guidelines as we start this um dampiers which I guess we'll call them that based on the movie um dampiers are the half human half full vampire um they don't need blood to survive and they have, like, super strength and things like that, which is why they are guardians to the Mori. And Mori can be royal or they can't. Um, it kind of goes both ways. However, most of the characters in this story are Mori and they're royal. And the royal Mori have um, superpowers, kind of, that are element-based. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. air, fire, earth, water kind of concept. Um except Lissa, who does not have 
that power that we know of yet. Mm-hmm. So those are our two main characters. And then we have the bad vampires, which are the ones that suck human blood until they're dead. They are the ones that kill Mori, suck their blood, turn them. Um, they're the ones that kill Dempiers, um, because why not? And they um, are essentially like ruthless killers is how they're seen. Um, and uh, Dempiers' goal is to kill the Strigoi. So like, yeah. That is your basic lore concept here. <laughs> so all the Mori and uh, and Dampiers have to go to special sexy vampire boarding school to learn how to effectively kill Strigori and also to learn why the the way things are is important. Uh, if you <laughs> think I sound a little suspicious of the system, it's because I am, but I've only read the first and book, so be. I don't know how it plays out. <laughs> I will um, let you know you should be. You you are correct yeah. to feel that way, as with most YA books, though, because the system is always not right. Oh, you mean the shadowy monarchy that forces teenagers to leave their families or children to leave their families and go to school to educate them in warfare is sinister? At literally four years old? I could never, I could never have guessed <laughs> One thing I really have to shout Rochelle made out for is this lore has roots in traditional vampire lore in a way that, like, Twilight absolutely does not, but a lot of vampire fic doesn't. Like, a lot of vampire fic, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, you get the bitey teeth and you suck the blood and it's sexy. And, like... (sighs) This one is, like, it, it feels very, like, based in... Romania or at least that area like it feels very ancient and European and Eastern Orthodox in a way that I think is cool Um, I kept forgetting that they were in Montana because it very much feels like they should be in the Balkans there's like a there's like a real gothic moodiness to it which is like not to say that Twilight isn't moody but but Twilight is Pacific Northwest moody and this is just like dark in, and gothic in a way that I appreciate a lot. Um, and everybody's names, of course, are like old European names also. Yeah. Vasilisa, Vilisa, Vasilisa, Vaseline. Vasilisa. <laughs> Vasilisa, thank you. Um, but goes by Lissa because that's more modern. Yeah. Maybe it's Vasilisa. I don't know. I'm not Russian. Me neither. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Though I do know how to say Dimitri's name. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Yes. You're good. You're having an experience. I'm glad that you got to experience this book with me. It's a, it was a, it's a positive experience. It's. Um, I'm glad. Hot yeah. takes. I mean, if you didn't like it, you're welcome to say so. I, I did, and I was really surprised. Like, I honestly, like, I, I put this one off because I didn't think I was going to like it. And, uh. I, I really did get caught up in it, especially this time of year. So, like, I forgot to address this, but, like, this is our Halloween week episode. Um, and this this is exactly the right atmosphere to read right now. Yeah, I love this series. I think it's just so well-crafted. Um, but what part do we want to talk about first? What do we want to get into? Well, I think it would be a shame if we did not touch on the relationship between Lissa and Rose, um, which is just just very gay. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. 
It's it's like <laughs> the one thing that I kept thinking reading this book is that it it reads like fic. Like it reads yes. like slash fic. It reads like somebody heard about Lissa and Rose and was like, that sounds pretty gay and wrote a fic about it. And it moves so fast. Like everything yeah. changes one page to the next. It moves like a fic yeah. too. So in the book, uh, Lissa and Rose when they are not at the academy, they don't have access to feeders, which are humans that the uh, Mori, who do need blood to survive, feed off of. Um, and because they don't have that access, Rose is Lissa's feeder. And in the grand scheme of this universe, feeders are looked down upon as, like, addicts almost and I think that's like really interesting they call them blood whores I'm so sorry you're gonna have to put explicit on this episode um (laughs) oh Oh, you must be new here (laughs) um but they are called blood whores and it's kind of like this allegory for drug addiction but also slut shaming and there's so much slut shaming in this book this book is chock full of slut shaming this book is like a like a like a guide on how to slut shame. It really is. It's real. It's real. okay. So so something about this book. I mentioned before how just like hilariously sexualized Rose is. Rose is just like the, like the most important. Like it is communicated to us that it is essential that we understand that Rose is just so incredibly sexy. Um. And everyone wants her. And, like, I know Rochelle Mead is a woman, but, like, it really is the level of, like, white men bad sex writing. Like, it yep. really gets to the point of just, like, her tits titted boobily <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah. Like, I, I was expecting somebody to roll their boobs along with her eyes. Like, there's this scene where she's like, I knew I looked better than most girls in a bra. I'm like, I'm like, this is what you're thinking about at this moment. (laughs) Or like the other part that just absolutely killed me dead is when she's training, she's running with Dimitri. She hates running because that makes her relatable. And um, (laughs) or is she running? She's running with somebody or she's running away from somebody. And she says something like the downsides of being 5'7", as though 5'7 is like... (laughs) A, a short height? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are people from Romania and Russia and that kind of Eastern European area particularly tall? I I, I mean, I don't think they're giants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 5'7 is above average for a woman, so... <laughs> 5'7 five, five, is not short for anybody. No. Like, 5'7 five, seven is five, seven is tall for a woman and an and average. Exactly. Like, it's just, like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I'm 5'3", so I'm talking from my own personal experience here. But I had to read that passage, like, four times before I was like, no, they're at, this is actually what she's saying. But she's relatable. <laughs> I did find it relatable that she was half Turkish because I am half Armenian. So, you know, that was cool. And by the way, that fact comes up later in the other books. So I will let you know that the parents do show up. We do get to meet them. Oh, 
Yeah. Wow. Guys got to keep reading. <laughs> That's unusual in sexy boarding school books. I know. <sighs> so, yes. So, so we have sexy, sexy Rose. And we have Lissa, who I think we're also supposed to believe is hot. But she's not as sexy because she's more of a good girl and she's kind of damaged. And Rose and Lissa are psychically connected, ran away from boarding school together, lived for two years on the run together in Portland with um, with Lissa feeding from Rose in what is described as the kinkiest act vampires can do. And also, you know, they're both very straight is the other part of this because they're both very into boys and all the boys are very into them and they sleep in the same bed and give each other smooches and rely on each other entirely uh, for emotional <laughs> support um, and are very, definitely very very straight girls it reads a lot like those friendships that you might have had and like if if you are queer you will know what i'm talking about (laughs) let me rephrase that um it reads a lot like those friendships that you had in high school college whatever age before you came out where you're like we're awfully close and I have feelings that I can't quite put my finger on, but I do have something, some sort of, I do feel some sort of way. We're it, really good friends. Like, like best buddies. <laughs> We're best. And then it's always so awkward when there's somebody, when, when you're like, we're best friends or somebody is like, we're best friends to you and, and you're not best friends back. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, but how is that possible when I have all these feelings of friendship (laughs) i went to christian school it was wild (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah it's gay yes this is if you like gay fanfic you're gonna like this also hate it because it never comes to fruition okay but like in all of the like in all of the 98 books there's never gay nope Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It was a different time. It truly was. And I think about that a lot. It, I mean, the other thing about the Cabot cast is we just talk about the gay implications of everything. Um, and- oh, my God. Are you saying Princess Diaries has gay <laughs> overtones? Oh, absolutely. I, I will- never. Oh, I never. Are you telling me that um, a girl who loves... Um, who is a vegetarian and loves the earth to the extent that she does and hates all things girly is straight because I got news for you. Well, I really think her best friend who can't stand when she spends time with anybody else and gets jealous anytime she has anything going on in her life is definitely straight. Yeah, totally. Um, I think everyone in that book is extremely straight. Don't know what you're talking about. Just like the um, Academy, nothing yes, to see exactly. here. Only because we are now 35 minutes into recording, I might want to push us forward. Um, please do. Past, please you know, the do. The first chapter. Um, they yes. uh, head back to school. They are now back at the Academy. They were caught, essentially, and brought back by Dimitri. Um, and once they are at the school... Uh, they're like, do we kick Rose out? And they're like, no. And then Rose is like, okay, but I'm behind on school. And then they're like, okay, we might kick you out. And then Dimitri's like, I'll tutor her. 
because Dimitri's horny for Rose. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> that's a whole thing. Oh my god, that age gap would never fly today. <laughs> that age gap should never fly. Period. I mean, not, not, you are correct. Not with teenagers. Like, okay, oh, yes. if, if, if we're talking like 27 and 20, I, as a 30-year-old, would be like, I don't get that, but I'm not like it's not illegal be a dick to you you know yeah but like when that person is under 20 and there's a seven age age gap seven year age gap and there's a power dynamic and there's like also a literal physical power dynamic yeah i don't know we talked about this a lot talking about sisterhood of the traveling pants with like eric and Mm -hmm. bridget and and that being like a situation where it was yucky and it didn't have to be and this is another situation yep. where I'm like, this is yucky and doesn't have to be. Uh, but for exactly. some reason, and in this era, age gaps were supposed to be sexy. <laughs> yeah, and they really, they really got 13-year-old me. They, I, I was like, this is the sexiest thing I've ever read, because it was. Um, <laughs> 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 but, like, today, like, as an adult, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. This is so gross. I mean, it, I mean, it 100% would have gotten me as a teenager. The age gap thing got me as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but it's irresponsible. But I feel like the reason that it was, like, able to be so normalized is because, and this comes back to kind of, like, sexy boarding school books, YA lit of this style is really, like, the teenagers are written as adults. And they're put in these scenarios mm-hmm. where they don't have adults around so that they'll act like adults. And that kind of yep. lets them get away with agency. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then if you're like reading it and you're sort of like subconsciously aging the protagonist up, uh, as I definitely do, it's really easy to just be like, oh, well, it's seven years. She's like 22. He's like 29. Okay, it's a little weird. Um, but that's this not the book would have been 17 and 24. This book would have been amazing as like a university and like a new adult book. Like, I think that would be fun. That would be a fun yeah. book. <laughs> but the age gap wouldn't be there. That would so, be. Yeah, know, that would work. Kinda. That's kind of, um. oh, yeah, the the... It's the sexy lesbian vampires that started as a YouTube miniseries. Carmilla? Um, Carmilla, yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved Carmilla, right? too. That was also, like, roughly after that era. Rough, like, t- mm, 2013, 2012, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was more recent. We actually have the book by Kim Teresi, and we just haven't edited it yet. Uh, <laughs> edited it. We haven't reviewed it yet. I'm sorry. This is what happens when I record on a Friday night. That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> the pacing of this book, like, we've touched on this before, but the pacing is bizarre. It is so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, things happen so fast. So there are a bunch of murdered animals that start showing up. Uh, Lissa discovers that she has the power to raise the dead, but she is warned very strictly not to raise the dead because bad things will happen if people find out she can raise the dead. Um, Lissa and Rose both hook up with just like a a bunch of guys. I mean, I guess Lissa (laughs) just hooks up with the one guy. Everybody wants to bang Rose. Um, And then people find out that Lissa can raise the dead and shit goes down and the queen shows up. 
or the queen shows up and then anyway shit goes down and it's all very fast and it ends sort of mm-hmm. like it's one of those endings where you're just kind of like oh i guess you had to end it somehow okay but what i need to know is um real fast to go backwards just really fast to go between yes what happens at the beginning and the end um the middle part um uh yeah. i have a note in my notes that talks about how mia is like the worst bully she's like so boring and bad at bullying like she yeah they're like super classist towards her and then she her back or her insults are just so bad however however the queen on the other hand was a fabulous bully her insults yes scathing perfect iconic i loved them yes (laughs) the queen is definitely like exceptional and she basically shows up at the school calls out lissa and then just like destroys her verbally Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. though the queen isn't a huge part of this book in particular, she does. It is set up for something long term, and it does set up something mm-hmm. towards the end, which is, I would say, like the big twist in this book. And I have a question for you: Did you see mm-hmm. that twist coming? Mm, maybe a little, but not totally. I mean, spoil it. We'll just yell right here. Spoilers ahead. So if you haven't read the book, you should stop listening now, go read the book, and then come back. (laughs) Yeah. So Lissa is in the middle of this book, as we have discussed, um, encountering dead animals. Um, She is, um, this twist is that she is basically kidnapped and taken to this place. um, And while it's like a cabin, this place, um, while there... um, we haven't even touched on Rose being shadow kissed, have we? No. Me, we're missing so many details. There's so much to this book. Uh, okay, let's go back. Um, so what makes Lissa and Rose extra gay is the fact that Rose has a um, special ability with Lissa because... This is revealed at the end, so spoilers. Please stop listening if you don't want them. Basically, Lissa rose, rose, (laughs) rose, rose from the dead. Um, And so now Rose can go inside Lissa's mind. And they never understood this connection. They just knew they had it. It makes her an excellent guardian for Lissa. Um, And it also is like an excellent use of storytelling here because Anytime Lissa's in trouble, Rose doesn't need to be right next to her. Rose can use that connection, which is what happens in the twist in the book. Mm -hmm. There, I got there. (laughs) Um, Where Lissa is essentially kidnapped. Um, And I personally, when I, I remember freaking out when I read this and not seeing this coming because the person who kidnaps Lissa is actually her uncle, Victor, yeah. um, and with the help of Natalie, her roommate slash cousin, complicated, um, and <laughs> <laughs> complicated family dynamics here. Um, is complicated. <laughs> um, and Victor wants her to heal him because he has a ongoing disease that is preventing him from inevitably taking the throne after Tatiana dies. 
who is the queen that we've mentioned. Uh, so I just was wondering if you saw Victor being the bad guy. Like, did you expect that? No. Well, they don't really like, they don't make a big deal of Victor before no. he emerges as the villain. Like he is a fragile, frail guy. And I like expected something was going to come of him because he was established as an important person and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. And because I am reading this now as a 30-year-old young adult book reviewer and not <laughs> as a 16-year-old, I was like, okay, that's significant. But I didn't see him being the the villain who is, like, testing her to see her powers. And that was very <clears throat> dark. Yes. <laughs> um, Honestly, yeah. the... I know it's fundamental in YA books for adults often to be more of the villains than necessarily teens. And that is because yeah. they are fighting against power structures. Uh, but, however, <laughs> there are so many good people, pe- people that are framed as good in this book that are doing bad things to move the story along towards these teenagers and even the bad people are doing bad things towards these teenagers. It's yeah. just a lot on the teenagers. And it's something that, like, I mean, as a kid, I'm, like, all for the fight against the power, you know. It's more fun that way. <laughs> and it does definitely change the book, though, reading it as an adult. Because you don't see the bad things the book frames the good people doing. Mm-hmm. And you do here. Because mm-hmm. in the end, Dimitri isn't a good person. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and it's funny because the only reason that we have to think that Dimitri might be a good person is that Rose is attracted to him. Yes. And like, I mean, we don't have any other, like, he's not a warm person. He's not, like, we don't no. see him being kind. We see him being an intense trainer. And we see that she has a crush on him. And because she likes him and is attracted to him, we want him to be good. Yes. And that is absolutely true. I also will argue, though, that the other thing that can be seen as good is his dedication to Lissa as a guardian. But that also could be turned to the fact that he is more he cares more about his position as a guardian than he does as Lissa as a human. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, his caring about about Lissa as a guardian it can go either way for rose right yeah. like it can go to training her to be the best guardian or it can go to being a danger to her yeah uh, if he doesn't think she's worthy so he is a complicated figure and the fact that they almost have sex kind of detracts yeah. from that yeah honestly so just um, another spoiler. Um, when Lissa is kidnapped, um, Rose was given a necklace by Victor in, in this shopping scene that they have um, where they go and look for dresses. Um, and Ro- um, Victor gives Rose a necklace with a rose on it because anything that Rose does has to involve Rose. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the rose is cursed and um, basically, not cursed, I don't know, um, compulsion. It's like has a spell on it. Yeah. yeah. It's like compulsion has a spell on it where um, instead of going after Lissa when she sees that initial, like, 
attack, Lissa goes to Dimitri because in the spell in the necklace is like, hey, go fuck Dimitri. Um, because apparently Victor could see that, the sexual tension. And I mean, who couldn't? Um, and the sexual tension between Rose and literally everybody. And literally everyone. You are correct. Um, <laughs> the thing is that for this necklace to work, which we discover later, because... Um, Dimitri denies it at first um, that Dimitri has to have feelings for Rose to also be affected by that compulsion that she had um, affecting her. Uh, so they both like each other and that is proven when they um, attempt to fuck. So <laughs> I feel like that that phrasing is uh, is applicable to Thank a lot you. of people. <laughs> That was just really nicely phrased. I like that. Thank you, Carter. <laughs> You're welcome. Their mutual liking is uh, confirmed when they uh, attempt to fuck. <laughs> they both they have do a attempt. Yes. They do, and they do attempt to fuck, but they don't fuck because this is a book of slut shaming. And mm-hmm. Rose has a reputation for being a slut uh, due to her being hot and boobing boobily around but she's not actually a slut and that's important and we know she's not actually a slut because she's what a virgin yep and that's very important as it was (laughs) honestly um as i can attest to on the cabot cast virginity is so important to these mid-2000s books Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah um Mia Thermopolis is obsessed with it. Rose is attached to it. I wouldn't say obsessed with it because there is a vast difference. Um, But attached to that, especially when she is slut-shamed so much, which to an extent as a teenager, that's understandable. If like everyone is sexualizing you so much, you're like, I haven't had sex. This is uncomfortable. Like I too would be like, um, hey guys, <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that, you know, some of the obsession with virginity can be perhaps excused by vampire lore and the fact that vampires and virgins are kind of a well established thing. But then you mentioned Mia Thermopolis, and that is not a vampire <laughs> book. Uh, but it no. sure is obsessed with virginity. <laughs> there was definitely like this fight against like some form of purity culture that really wanted into YA and YA was trying to fight at back and be edgy at that time at least like when I look back yeah. at those books that's kind of the take I get was that they were trying to be edgy and talk about sex but also appeal to that like purity culture of like oh but teens they must be virgins wait till marriage you know well, it, it was really that attitude. It was like that stepping stone between full-on purity culture and, like, the more sex-positive culture we have today, yeah. thankfully. Yep. Which it was, like, was halfway like, between. Well, sex can be healthy and fun, but only if you are absolutely in love with this person. Um, yeah. And, you know, you know you're only going to have sex with them until you go to college. And, like, it's a funny little, like, purity culture light that isn't actually really more healthy. Um, But it was like, they, you know, an effort was made. I have a note in here that Christian, the character Mm -hmm. that Lissa 
um, ends up with at the end of the book. Yeah. Spoilers. This episode is just spoilers. I'm so sorry. Um, this, this book is 20 years old. I mean, it's not, but it's like close. <laughs> Nearly. It's getting there. Christian has deserved so much better. Poor guy has like so much trauma from his parents. Um, literally turning Stragoi and then like basically ditching him and like and then everyone at school is like oh your parents are Stragoi that's so bad and now we're scared of you because now what if you turn but like he's not going to and anyway my point here is that like maybe vampires are just a story of trauma oh yeah I think that's a strong argument yeah I feel bad for him there's I mean there's a lot of poor little rich boy too Yes. Yeah, that yeah. too. There's there's a lot of poor little rich boy. And like I mean, you know, we had Tristan and Gilmore girls like or not Tristan, Logan? Logan. Tristan Logan. was Chad Michael Murray who was there for like two episodes. Um this was like an era of poor little rich boys in a big way. Um and we definitely definitely got that coming through. Oh yeah. Um I yeah. mean, don't talk yeah. about Gilmore girls with me. I could have a whole podcast about Gilmore girls. <laughs> I've watched that yeah. show like eight or nine times. <laughs> you found my guilty probably, pleasure here? What? I'm probably pretty close to that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Carter, I'm so glad that we finally made this happen. Me too. Um, I'm sorry this was that, so chaotic. It's going to be healthy okay. to edit. Oh, people are going to... Oh, I'm not editing it. Tom is editing it. So that's that's not um, my I'm problem. so sorry, Tom. <laughs> But uh, it's it's been. Thank you for making me read this book. Like genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, I'm I'm glad that we weren't able to do Twilight and had to do this because this was a fun little piece of culture. Um, my question for you to end this episode, though, are you going to read the other books? So, like, the spirit is willing. The flesh is reading a book a week for the show. Uh, you know that is valid. Um, I would argue that. I want to reread this after reread these books after reading it again. But um, yeah. my giant stack of um, work reading is currently piling up. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely finished this and was like, well, I want to read the other ones. And then I'm like, well, um, you are a book reviewer and you put out a review every week. And these aren't on the list. <laughs> hey, here's the solution. I come back. Oh, we're just gonna have to do a series. I'm gonna just tell mm-hmm. the other hosts. Yeah, uh, we're now we're now a Vampire Academy podcast yeah. until or- further notice. You know, we did that with Sisterhood of the Traffic <laughs> Pants this summer. Why not? Uh, <laughs> I could come back in like January. We spread it out. <laughs> yep, yep. Just like Rose. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they really are smut. Like, they're not smut. They don't have any descriptions of sex. But there's so much, so much. It's all so tension. Much lust. It is yeah. solely tension. Um, yeah. Between, it's like the sexual tension between, it's like as though objects interact not via gravity, but via sexual tension. Like, the gravity of this universe is sexual tension. And I promise it um, only gets more intense. Oh, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, well, Carter, thank you. Thank you so much for and coming on. We will have to do this again. And thank you. I'm so excited. I love this. This was so much fun. Um, 
I suppose I could mention the Cabot cast again. Yes, and we will put link. Uh, we will we will put link to that. Yeah. In the show notes. Yeah. So if you want to listen to the old episodes of the Cabot cast, um, you can find us at the Cabot cast on all social media platforms and um, check us out on your favorite podcasting catcher. Um, we, I suppose I can reiterate what the Cabot cast is again. It is a queer reading of um, Meg Cabot's books. So all of them. Um, we just basically go in and try to find all of the queer subtext. Um, which you'd be surprised how much there is. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, that's all. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at yapodcast, and individually, I'm at Tefferbear, and Carter is at Carter D. Powell, that's Carter with a K. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Catherine Reshi, Kat McGuire, Lizzie Tenhove, Chantal Thomas, Maddie Dever, Megan Jane, and Emmett Cameron. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at Public. You can also always support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, by subscribing on Spotify, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe a friend who likes sexy vampire fic. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tevra Jenian, that's me, and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hello, my name is Stefan, and please join me every week for my podcast, Some Good Friends, a show where I talk to some good friends of mine. Previous guests have included a Reiki healer, the heir to the Redenbacher popcorn throne, the person definitely not responsible for the murder hornet outbreak, and Jack Nicholson. Comes out Mondays, early in the morning. Check it out, and you might laugh. I'm October Jones, and Hi, this is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs. Starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish With Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends, and go on adventures, and get captured a lot, and escape a lot, and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends, and authoritarianism, and colonialism, and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish With Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- for adults and kids. (laughs) New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts and, of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it.